Hello, I'm Richard Moore, and you're welcome to What About You? This podcast is all about providing the opportunity for people to share their personal story. This season, or this series, is focusing on people who have been wrongly accused. Between 1999 and 2015, over 900 sub-postmasters and mistresses across the UK and Ireland were wrongly accused of theft, false accounting and fraud because of shortfalls at their branches. These shortfalls were due to errors in the post office's Horizon software system. In this podcast, I'm talking to Maureen McKelvey, who was a sub-postmistress in the village of Clannabogan, just outside Oma, here in Northern Ireland. Maureen, with her husband Ronnie, had four children, two girls and two boys. But sadly, 35 years ago, they lost their young 13-year-old daughter, Amanda, to cancer. In the early 90s, Maureen and Ronnie bought the shop and the post office in the village of Clannabogan. But just about a year and a half after they bought the business, tragedy struck again for Morning when her husband Ronnie passed away. Despite all of this, Morning went on to run a very successful business until she became a victim of the now well-known and well-publicised British post office scandal. All of the losses I had with my daughter and husband, um, it, it really opened that up on me too. And... Uh, I didn't think I could take much more. I thought, you know, we were in a, a good country where you were innocent to prove guilty, but they had me guilty from day one. I would just ask them, have they got a conscience? Did they ever think about what they did do? Maureen, obviously you have been badly affected by your whole experience. But it must have had an enormous impact on the people around you as well. Well, I didn't let my mother know about it. Did you not? No, no, no. It would have... No. It would have destroyed her. And the children? Mm-hmm. They obviously knew, did they? Not, not in the way that we sat down and talked about the court case, no. I didn't tell them about the court case because I knew they would be really up to high dough and it would affect their work. So I said nothing to the morning of the court case that I was going. And then they had a very tense week now, all of them. A very tense week and uh, I knew they were worried sick, but um, I let them know as soon as I got out of the courtroom that all was over and I was free to go home, which was... An innocent woman? A very, ex- yeah. But I had to prove myself innocent, even though I did nothing. I know. Aye. I mean, that's hard to take. It is. I thought, you know, we were in a, a good country where you were innocent to prove guilty, but they had me guilty from day one. Throughout the two and a half years, at least, that you were experiencing all this and it was happening. 
Um, you mentioned about your health. Like, did what? You know, how far down do you think you went? Oh, it was rough now because I think all of the losses I had with my daughter and husband, um, it, it really opened that up on me too, mm. and uh, I didn't think I could take much more. To be honest about it. I suppose it was your own strength inside that, and your desire to just make sure the people knew that you weren't the person they were making you out to be. That's that's exactly it. I just wanted to be able to come back and tell them all that I had a clear name and that I didn't do what they said. Well, Maureen, there's nothing like a TV documentary to bring this to fore. When I phoned you the other day, I, I told you that I didn't even realise that all this had happened, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to believe the suffering that you and the other post office workers throughout the UK and Northern Ireland and that went through. So what what's happening now, do you know? Well, um, I joined the group about two years ago um, when the English ones won their case in England. They contacted us and we joined up with them. Um, we've ha- we have had um, David Connolly from Kilater Post Office. She was involved with the English group getting her name cleared. So she um, actually got us into the group and she has been a great strength to us all here in the North of Ireland because, I mean, other than that, we're left behind. You know, Scotland and Wales is involved a lot with the English ones, but we're trying to get the English solicitors to work with us too. That's the ones that went to court the first time with them. And we're hoping now to get um, get a closure on it, is what we all need, really, because people, like 20 years is a long time to be carrying this around and trying to get our lives back on track, you know. Um, I lost a lot because of it. Um, I didn't lose my good name, but I lost properties and I lost, could have lost my home as easily as that, only had a good family. So, um, I mean, everybody wasn't as lucky as I was because some of them lost their homes and shops and post offices and all together. And most of them want closure just and a bit of peace now to get on with our lives. And hopefully, if they do decide to compensate us, give us something and get us back on our tracks again. And when you say you lost property, what, what does that mean? You had to sell stuff? Well, I had the shop and things like that had to go and eventually and, um, I'd houses, you know, rented properties and stuff that I couldn't go forward with to maintain or keep them updated for people living in them. So I had to let them go. Like you were really a hard-working businesswoman. Well, I, you know, I started off from very little, but I had a great husband that was mm. a great worker too and me and him 
worked very hard to build up what we had, you know. We started out with our first home, as I say, and we were only just ordinary workers, but we built that home within a couple of years and we had it paid for. A new home. And there was nothing that we couldn't have done. And did I read somewhere you had to sell the, the shop at a loss? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why was that? Because you well, just... Times had changed and things had went on, you know. Right. And, uh, when you know, forced, when but... you're knocked down and this community's looking at you as a, you know, a thief, really, mm. uh, there's a lot of people moving and think, well, sure, she wants rid of it, you know, she wants out of it. So that's the way it was. We lost out there, yeah. And you're still living oh, I. there. That's the good thing. I've still have my health and I have um, built my life back up again. And I have everybody around me, family that are workers too, and they're all getting there. There's none of them badly off. They're happy. And how do you feel about the people that basically did this to you? Well, I have to say I uh, I don't have anything nice to say about them. <laughs> well, see if it's understandable. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but we're, I'm going over on the 25th of January to London to see some of them being asked the questions of why they treated me the way they did. And this is in the hearings in England. Yeah. Aye. So um, I'm looking forward to that, to have them on the other side of the, the question. Uh, and will you get the chance to say anything to them yourself? Well, I hope so. I do. And what would you say? I would just ask them, have they got a conscience? Did they ever think about what they did do? Or who sent them out to do it? Because every tactic that happened in each post office was just like what that program, Mr. Bates versus the post office, yeah. that was the same tactic that I got to. It seemed to be they were all trained to do the same thing and they knew what to say. Do you feel that the process that's happening now is, is bringing you the justice the clarity that you need, the disclosure that you need? Well, I do think the film has opened it up and has, has given the people a chance to see what really did happen to us. And it has helped a lot. But this is government we're talking about here. You know, and I know that we're the small folk. And unless there's more media news on it and it's kept going, we'll be forgot about. Recently you've seen all the politicians on, even the Prime Minister, speaking in the House of Commons mm -hmm. and saying things. How, how, how do you feel about what they're saying or what you've heard? 
Well, I still think it again that uh, it's government bodies saying what they have to say at the time, but when it comes to action and doing something, there's none of them. And that includes the computer system that announced yesterday, that built the computer system announced yesterday that they would uh, put money forward to compensate us. I would like to see it first. They haven't put a figure on it, and I really don't trust them. Do you not trust them? No. I don't trust anyone from a long time ago. How does a, a thing like this impact on you generally in terms of relationships or working relationships and mm-hmm. people you meet? Like, does, does it leave you that you become a very... Distant person. Distant or mistrusting person? Mm-hmm. Does it? It does, yes. Because whenever I signed my agreement with the post office, I thought I was working for the head of our country, as I would call it. Mm-hmm. I always thought the Queen was head of it, and under her worked the best people in our country, or society. But that isn't the truth. No. They aren't the people we think they are. And they do not have respect or honour or anything for anyone. Because of the vulnerability you must have felt at that time must have been horrendous, because, like... They take on something so big. Well, that's what I thought too. But you know what? I had a good name and a young family that had a good name out there and still have because I believed in it. And I believed in going to court and clearing my name. And that's what drove me on. Did you realise that so many others, like I read in the papers there that 24 people from Northern Ireland alone roughly have gone through this? Did you know that at the time or when you were going through it or did you think you were on your own? We were told that we were the only one. Were you told you were the only one? I was told that in Belfast every time I had a meet with them. And I was told at Noma Post Office when I eventually got to speak to them that... You're the only ones having this problem. Nobody else is having it. But as I say, that's what they were told to tell us. They were all so well trained. They were sent out to do a mission, and that was a mission and a half. And do you think it was just to cover up for their own losses? Okay, it was. They've admitted that they had to. They had, the post office was in a difficult position, and they knew that they were in the system. And the money didn't go back in through to the post office without some of the head ones knowing about it. How do you put money through a system that is coming from somebody else and not know about it? Has anybody from anywhere apologised to you? Uh, Nick Reid that is set and put, I would say, put in now to clean up the mess off the post office. That's what he told us in Belfast when we met him last year, that he was put in to clean up this mess. Now, 
He apologised to me and I told him my story and he was shocked. He told me himself. He was shocked and he said, your story is so stuck in my mind. He says, I'll not forget it for a while. And he said, I will have you sorted and paid by July of this year. That was last year now. And I'm still waiting. And have you met him since? No. I've emailed him and asked him about what was happening with my claim and was there anything happening with the rest of them. And uh, he said that they were working on it and that he would try and push it through. Are you sceptical about that sort well, of thing? I am very sceptical, yes. I, as I say, I don't trust any of them. How can I? You know, you take it, the English ones, they won their case over two years ago. I think there's only three of them out of the number of people that's got paid, compensated properly. So how can you say that you know, we're Northern Ireland here, we're out of the English equation as such, and we have no storm out for anybody to speak for us. So how are we going to be represented or even thought about? So who is representing the, the Northern Ireland group then? Well, um, Michael Madden, that's Pat Vanuken's solicitors, you know. Yeah, I see Michael Vanuken, I think, yeah. in Belfast. They're doing a lot of these new cases now. I joined How and Co, that's the English solicitors that fought the case for Mr. Bates in England. Yeah. And I joined them and they are working with me and pushing the post office nearly every week on trying to get us paid. But there's no money coming. I just want to say to you, Maureen, it's, it's an incredible story. And I've been watching it on television sort of unfold and like most people watching it are going, oh my God, how did ever anything like that happen? I know I certainly looked at it and went, I can't imagine what it would be like to be on the end of that, the wrong end of that. I'm really grateful to you for sharing your story with me today. I think you're an incredibly brave woman. You're incredibly strong, although maybe you don't feel it. When I think of the damage that was done to you, health-wise, mentally, and business-wise, and you're still standing there talking about it, I just think you're an amazing woman. So I think you should be very proud of yourself for what it's worth. I think you should be very proud of yourself, and I just hope that you get the justice you deserve. Thank you so much again for participating in this podcast. Thank you, Richard. I'm glad you had me so that I can tell my story. And I know there's a lot of other terrible stories out there too. I want to thank the What About You production team, Ursula Murr and Enya Murr, for your constant support and hard work. Thanks to the Birch Hill Hotel in Oma, and particularly Anne, who organised the meeting room at the business centre, for me and Maureen to record this podcast. I would like to thank Maureen herself. Maureen, you're an amazing woman, as I said already. I want to thank you for your courage, 
and spirit and the time that you gave to me as well. Finally, I want to thank you, the listener. I hope you enjoyed this podcast.